Hello and welcome to Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. Did you know that Longevity has been raising funds for research and offering scholarships and grants to young researchers and students for a few years now? Have you ever wondered if it's worth it? Have you ever looked at the yearly budget and thought maybe we're spending too much in these areas? Let me dispel that notion. Tonight's guest is a Longevity supported intern. Not only did he invent a new automated system for handling and sorting cells this past summer, he was under the direction of a former Longevity scholarship winner who went on to start a biotechnology company. After all these years, this is how it is supposed to work. Longevity is playing its part in fostering a new generation of scientists who really want to do something about aging. Okay, here's the podcast. And now I would like to welcome to the program, Eric Zluhan. Thanks for having me. Hello there. Of course, Eric is a recent grant award winner from Longevity, who participated in an internship at ICOR Therapeutics this past summer. And we want to get a little bit into that, of course, Eric. But first, could you give me a little background about yourself and where you're currently at? Sure. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and right now I'm in Syracuse, New York, Last summer, I came out to Syracuse and did a SENS Foundation-sponsored summer internship at SUNY Upstate Medical University. There, I was working on a project dealing with breast cancer metastasis, and I kind of got involved with i Therapeutics through that process and was offered a summer internship this summer, so that's where I'm at right now in Syracuse. And it all kind of worked out perfectly because I ended up getting accepted to the PhD program at SUNY Upstate Medical University which is also in Syracuse here. So I'm transitioning from the internship right now, and I'll be starting my PhD program actually in two days. That's when my application starts. Well, that's great to hear. I wanted to know when and perhaps why did you end up interested in longevity research or rejuvenation research? Well, I went to undergrad for a biology degree. I didn't really have a clear goal Whenever I went into undergrad, I knew I was concerned about people's health, and my initial goal was to try to go to med school, and general biology seemed like a good place to start. Somewhere around my sophomore or junior year, I started to actually gain an understanding of what research was, and that it was actually a, a really viable career path and something that I was really interested in. And around that same time, I had been kind of looking on the internet, and I came across a SENS talk, and the idea is just made a lot of sense to me and I realized that people staying healthy and improving people's health was what was really important to me and it was probably the best thing that I could dedicate my life to and my career to. So I didn't have to waste a lot of time in college doing like the soul searching and finding what I wanted to do with my life like most college kids which I was pretty happy about. So um, I kind of started doing some research in undergrad and started applying for internships, summer internships, which is how I kind of came across the Sense Foundation internship last summer and then i internship this summer. Right. And then I started to do research on grad school and figured out that that's what I, the path that I wanted to take was to go and get my PhD and work on these problems. And of course, you mentioned i of course, and Longevity did provide a grant for your summer internship there at i Could you give a brief explanation of the work you did there? Yeah, I pretty much made blood with robots. It was a really, really useful project that I, I was working on, I think. It was something that going into 
the internship I had no idea about. I was basically taking embryonic stem cells and differentiating them into monocytes, which is a type of uh, immune cell, using a robot. We basically got this robot off of eBay for $60 and repurposed it for cell biology and this protocol that was a previously defined protocol that turns embryonic stem cells into these monocytes. And so we found that this could be really useful, but there is uh, the problem with these robots is that what we're doing hasn't been done before. And so we came into issues where there isn't all the equipment that we need to do. So the robot that you got on eBay, that was just a standard liquid handling robot? Correct. Normally these things are, or at least this type one type of robot is used for small molecule drug screening. And we wanted to repurpose it for cell biology. So one of the things that we came that I came across was that was really useful for this whole protocol was 3D printing and I was able to learn about 3D printing uh, lab equipment that could be integrated with a robot so I was able to learn how to design and print plastic labware for the robot such as a little like a scraper that a cell detachment tool for the robot that could scrape cells off of a dish and transfer them into the new location for the protocol you had to filter stem cells, and there's not really any way for the robot to do that on its own. So I had to design these tools that the robot could manipulate. It has a like an arm, a gripper arm, it can manipulate things, and then it also pipettes, moving liquid from one place to another, which is basically enough functionality for it to carry out this protocol of turning stem cells into monocytes. All right, if you're at liberty to say, what is the future next step for what you created uh, at ICOR? Basically, I've proved that it can be done, and I've done it. The next step is to is large-scale manufacturing of useful cells. Okay, uh, so you're saying that uh, what you've created here is a piece of technology that will help a lot of different researchers, would you say, as far as handling cells? Do a lot of labs need that process automated? I would say so. There's a lot of time that can be saved. Robots are really accurate, and you can do this stuff at a touch of a button if you can figure out the right way to program it and customize your experiments with like 3D printing such like we did. And the best part about all of this is with 3D printing and the programs for the robot, uh, we want to keep the ones that we have developed open source so that other scientists can pull them off the Internet and integrate them into their experiments, and uh, it'll just facilitate open source optimization of all kinds of experiments. Okay. Uh, what would you say was the most successful aspect of your internship? Well, going into the internship, I was talking to Kelsey, who's in charge of i -Corps. He asked me what I wanted to get out of it, and he gave me a few options. And what I was most interested in doing was learning something that I wouldn't learn in school. And it turned out that one of the options was to do this robot automation, and I thought, I've never done this before. It sounds interesting, so I'm going to go with it because this is something that I haven't ever been exposed to and I probably won't be. So I kind of pursued that option to do the robot automation. Is it something that uh, you would use in your PhD work? Yeah, I really hope so. Uh, it could be extremely useful to me. Rather than spend all the time it takes to pipette and do all these experiments, I can program a robot to do it for me and save a lot of time and put my efforts towards more important things. Yeah. So did it end up uh, being a finished product or were there a couple of pitfalls, something that is unfinished yet with this robot? 
Uh, there wasn't really anything that we didn't succeed that we set out to do. There was uh, interesting opportunities that arose that we didn't expect, such as the 3D printing and obviously the optimization of the protocol with prototyping our customized lab pieces. That takes time. We had to create different iterations. And the stuff that I was making was completely original. I created it in a Google SketchUp software and then printed it on a 3D printer at a library. And so it was all new stuff that I had to integrate with the robot, and it was all my own designs. But all, everything that we set out to do was successful, and now we have a manuscript being reviewed for publication. Well, that's great. And, of course, you're working with stem cells, and they've been in the news for quite some time now, maybe a couple of decades, as perhaps one of the most valuable new research avenues that will help cure disease and perhaps rejuvenate people as well. It's been kind of slow progress, but now you've been in the uh, stem cell area for a little while now, uh, familiar with it. Uh, what do you see as progress in the near future at i or elsewhere? Uh, what do you see coming out in the next, say, few months or a couple of years that people should be paying attention to? Well, it's definitely a golden age of stem cell research, in my opinion, and there's just tons of labs working on this, on stem cells, like you said, and it's, I think it's just a matter of time before the widespread therapies are available, and that's, that's really the goal for the, the progress that needs to be made is making these therapies widely available, and one of the, some of the biggest hurdles to get over is yields, so different cells differentiating into the cells that we want them to. Uh, turning stem cells into clinically useful cells in an acceptable way and increasing the yields that we get with those. Um, And then, you know, another thing that I'd like to ask of our interns or grant award winners at Longevity is how many of your contemporaries or your classmates are interested in the same type of things, life extension, rejuvenation. I know a couple of interns that I have talked to in the past said they were the only one pretty much in their entire university and even in their biotechnology class that were remotely interested in life extension or rejuvenation. What about your experience at Syracuse or other areas you've been? Well, I can't speak to my PhD program yet because I haven't started there yet, but I'll be interested to see uh, how many of my cohort are interested in these types of things. In my undergrad program, I did do a presentation on the topic of rejuvenation and regenerative medicine and these types of things and yeah it was a pretty controversial topic and there didn't seem to be that many people that were on board and it could just be that I was really new to the topic and I wasn't doing a sufficient job of explaining why they'd be useful I I can do that now so whenever I talk to people of my age now that aren't necessarily my classmates they're they're pretty much on board I mean I don't see how anybody could not be on board with allowing people to live healthier, longer lives. You know, that's what I have been saying for over a dozen years now, but I still find a hard time convincing people of the benefit of health and life extension research. Uh, so it's good to hear that a lot of people you know are getting on board. That's, that's nice to know. And lastly, I wondered what advice you might give future longevity-supported interns or grant award winners. Whenever I was looking for internships and graduate school and all of the stuff that comes along with being a, a researcher, uh, there's a lot of points where I would get overwhelmed by all the information available, such as what kind of research is available, what you have to do to get accepted to internships and schools. 
my advice would be to not get overwhelmed by all that stuff. And if you're to pursue what it is you want to pursue and just if you're doing something, it's better than most people. And you have to be creative. Uh, you have to sort of create opportunities for yourself and really pursue what it is that you're trying to you want to help solve a problem, you need to be creative about it and pursue it. And also keep your options open whenever you're thinking about research and fields that you might go into. Uh, I would have never expected to been working with robots and 3D printing this summer, and it turns out that those are really useful skills for me to develop. And so I would say keep an open mind uh, as you go into looking at the research and trying to decide where you want to go. And I would like to thank you, Eric, for joining us on Longevity Now, and we wish you well in your future PhD program. All right. Thanks for having me. Just a reminder to everyone who's listening, there will be more fundraisers coming up before the end of the year. Save a little extra change for Longevity. Your donations and memberships are really starting to pay dividends. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.